It's Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewinds, your weekly look to the world of extremists. We look at ECW Hardcore TV episode one all the way to four of them with every pay-per-view and special and ECW on TNN. In between, uh, yourself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What is happening, Jay? I am excited. It's an exciting time in wrestling. One of my favorite superstars of all times that you know someone who considers himself the voice of the voiceless um a trendsetter an icon uh returns to a huge pop um but we'll talk about that when we talk about ecw on tnn oh so you did there irrelevant double relevance um you were still in 1999 we're looking at episodes 331 and 332 of ECW Hardcore TV. And we're also going over to episode two of ECW on TNN because a lot more seems to happen on that. Yeah, I mean, it's the new show. It's on a network. They're trying to exactly. know, get, get eyes on it. It makes sense. But yeah, we would be missing out some big beats at the moment if we didn't keep strolling backwards and forwards. Um, now, you know you've just said it's 331, 332. Yeah. And you've been keeping a... The, the behind-the-scenes part of this is you've been keeping a, a tally on this yourself because originally this was numbered on the WWE Network and then they took the numbers away. So ever since then, you've been keeping tally to try and keep us on track. Yeah. Uh, but you have this worry sometimes that you're slightly out. Yeah. Uh, but I can tell you, because uh, at the end of watching 332, I counted how many were left because it didn't seem that many left. We have 69 episodes left of ECW Hardcore TV, oh, wow. which means we are right. So, well, that's impressive, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, wow. Chuffed by that. Maths. Who knew that adding two on every week I could get away with it? But here we are. Oh, it's not even two every week. Sometimes we do one, sometimes we do three. So that's is. the unpredictability of the Extreme Rewind Revolution. It is. And some weeks I sort of forget and we'll put the show up and the numbers will be the same as previous weeks. We have to change it midweek. These things happen. You know, yeah. all just exciting. Um, yeah, we're still in August. We're at the end of August. And I think we go over to September as well, don't we? Yeah, September. We do. We do. Dip straight into September. Um, yeah, so 29th of August, 1999, episode 331. We get highlights and the fallout from Carino and Jazz last week. I can't lie. I completely forgot about this. Yes, me too. Um, uh, I forgot. Well, I, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing this last week. That's fine. Um, I forgot that it cut off when Taz hit the ring. So the Taz promo was was new stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we did dip over to TNN, so that sort of, I guess, took the attention slightly because that was no longer the end of the show, I guess. But, um, yeah, so obviously we had the fallout from that. Taz hitting the ring. Taz does hit the ring. He attacks Rhino, uh, grabs the mic, does a promo towards Tajiri and warns him, I'm the guy your mother warned you about. Absolutely. And um, they'll meet on ECW on TNN this week. We should week. go and check that out. Exactly, which is one of the reasons why we have to watch it. Because we get more title match. Um, 
they then proceed to show us the Rhino match that we saw last week. Again. Doesn't this feel like a really weird way of doing it? So you're going to show this match where Rhino's a killer. Um, in, in a whole kind of, you know, look at him, he's a monster. Yeah, but you've just watched, we've just seen Taz destroy him again. Well, like literally the segment that. before. It's even better than that. It's literally last week we saw Rhino as a killer. Then the end of the week, old footage of Taz destroying Rhino and Rhino's debut. Yep. And then segment of Taz destroying Rhino again. Then back to last week, we even said last week's match. <laughs> Didn't even try to get away with it. And then we showed Rhino as a killer again. So it's all um, so how they've done this. I mean, Rhino clearly is an absolute beast. Um, like I said, his aggressive pace, you, you could tell he's never total. I mean, obviously we know, but you could tell early doors he's a player in this because the intensity yes. is, is unreal. And um, yeah, just very, very interesting how they sort of went about it here. But yeah, obviously he wins because we've seen it. Um, quick promo from Danny Dorian, Roadkill and Miss Congeniality. He introduced Introducing, the first, yeah. first time, which um, yeah, they do like to um, delay these introductions, don't they? Yeah. Well, and some, and then some, they just seem to do this really, really weird um, uh, kind of, you know, he's he's been here all along kind of thing. Exactly. Um, like Uganda. Like you, oh, God, Uganda is a thing. Uh, she basically says that Roadkill smells a segment. Yeah, and, and Doring points out that if your your entire job is plucking chickens, yeah. then you would. Exactly. Um, promo from Steve Carino. Uh, him, Jack Victory, Ryan and Tajiri talk about Dream of Being Done. And then says um, Tajiri is going to beat Taz. And we are so close to becoming world champion. Now, I felt when he said, we're so close, Tajiri kind of looked at him as if to say, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, sort of a sly look over. Yes. But obviously, later on, that Tajiri potentially doesn't understand English. So or does he? Be, exactly. So there's a little um, little undercurrent storyline here, which is um, very good. Um, we then get Tajiri versus Super Crazy. Obviously, they never disappoint. They announced Tajiri. Uh, Joe Styles said on commentary that Tajiri used to be a former kickboxer, which took me to the great wide web, and I wanted to see if Tajiri was indeed a kickboxer because I thought it would be cool to watch. Um, he wasn't a kickboxer. He did train, and he very much wanted to be a kickboxer, but he never went in that world in the end, and he became a professional wrestler instead. It's very interesting that that's being pulled out, though, as a as a as a trait, as something that that is is you know something of the character, because it's very true to what we continue to see with Paul Heyman's storytelling of that legitimate sports background and combat sports background in his wrestlers. Yeah, no, massively. And um, like I said, I do think it's um, a, a big thing. It, it, it's a big deal. 
you know, and it does, you know, with his kicks as a slight, you know, legit thing. And they've got sort of legit judo guy versus legit kickboxer. It very, it does stem back to UFC, you know, the early days of where it's yeah. just, um, ultimate you know, fights. Yeah. yeah. Craft versus craft kind of thing. So, you know, all bits like that, like I said, are, um, it's just, it's a, like I said, a legit backstory kind of for the characters, whether it is legit or not. It sort of gives you know, a bit of legitimacy to them. So, um, I like that. Um, the jury wins. Makes perfect sense. Anything other than a win here for the jury would just be silly at this point. That's not taken away from super crazy, just purely based on positioning. Yeah, and, and that's that's my issue with this, is super crazy. Uh, Tajiri has two feuds at the moment. One's with the world champ and the other's with super crazy. Massively. But um, he's just got to stay strong, especially as his world title matches you know on friday <clears throat> so he had to um stay strong he does next up we see dudley boys are on the way to the ring the crowd are booing him out the ring um bubba is just absolute a star mate love this guy literally looks at the camera and says vince mcmahon respects us <laughs> i just yep i just popped i thought it was so good i really did it was such a nothing kind of thing but it's just so the way he did it because the camera he's like Vince McMahon respects us and uh, it's, especially in that arena of arenas it's just such great heat it really uh, is and and it just you know is fantastic in that whole kind of you know he's, they're going to the enemy and they couldn't care less um, I felt uh, a little bit silly at the end of this match but I will tell you all about that in a well end of this match. Yeah, the end of this match. But I'll tell you all about that at the end of this match. Okay, I like it. Yeah, so basically the match pretty much straightforward. Uh, Dudley Boys coming as the champions. Balls and Spike come after them for the tag team titles. Matches everything like it has been pure insanity. Um, you assume it is the last match of these guys, and they kind of leave it all out there. Uh, we get stacked flaming tables. We get chair shots. Um, everything is left out there as it could be the last meeting between these guys. Um, Balls does get the pin the, to get the tag team title back and stop the Dudley boys going to WWE with the belts. Defends the honour of the Dudley boys. Um, exactly. Now, the reason I felt silly was because I know what happens yeah. at the end of ECW on TNN, which we'll talk about in a minute. And yeah. I know that the Dudley boys are eight-time ECW champions, and this was reign number seven. Yeah. It didn't occur to me they were going to lose the belts. especially considering they've only just won the belts. Yeah, I mean, I 100% I thought they were going to win um, this match. I thought number eight must be when they pop back in for a cup of coffee on the last day, days of, of ECW. Yeah. Um, 
in the same way of Taz and all the rest of it, but we will get there. Um, yeah, it didn't occur to me that they were going to flip-flop these titles just to get the, the, the count number up. Because there's no yeah. other reason. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, it's... Um, I suppose it's to add uh, more excitement to other shows, isn't it, I guess? But you don't advertise it. <coughs> yeah, no, it's... Um, yes, they want it, everything's right. But again, I said, they don't even really seem to acknowledge each other at the moment. They're very much sort of in the same world. Dribble what's happening on both. I mean, yeah, I mean, Carino's not even really on TNN much at the moment. No, not yet. When he's when he's the main sort of focal point of hardcore TV, his little stable is the main kind of hill thing going on, and when you flip over to CNN, he just kind of all right. He's there with Tajiri and bits, but not really anything. Yeah, he's into Jerry's corner. There's nothing more to it. Yeah, you wouldn't think if half of what's gone on has gone on. So, um, yeah, but that's how they end the show. So this left us with intrigue because obviously we knew things that happened and people came. So we had to go to ECW on TNN episode two, September the 3rd, 1999. Show kicks off very straightforward. Um, Taz defeats um, to Jerry to retain the title. Nothing wrong with this match. Great match. Um, obviously uh, pretty, not surprised Taz pretty wins. squashy more squashy than the pay-per-view definitely yeah I mean, um, wasn't um, a lot of offence from, from Tajiri um, and again you know we've talked about keeping Taz strong and all the rest of it and not trading too much especially if he's then going to have a competitive match with Tajiri blah 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 but just a bit strange that after all the pull and all the drive and all the everything um it's a little bit squashy. Yeah, which goes back to our point that we're saying that basically they're all filler feuds. They don't actually think any of these people can compete with Taz. They don't actually want any of these people to compete with Taz. So there's an have... interesting line in the next promo that we'll, in, in the next Taz promo on the next show that we'll, we'll talk about. No, definitely. We'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, so Taz wins. Um, next up, Unexpected tag team rematch, Dudley Boys versus Spike and Bulls again. Um, can't break down the whole match again because we've pretty much seen this match again for the last like five weeks, pay-per-views included. Dudley Boys do win, though, to a great shock. Um, it's their final night in the company, and they've just basically won the tag team titles. We then get a great promo from the Dudley Boys, um, but grabs a mic. This is an ECW, boys become men, men become heroes, but in the day, heroes become legends, and legends become gods. And if God was a heel, he'd be a Dudley boy. Yes, he would. And I just felt like, wow. Yep. Proper just drop the mic, leave. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Um he then continues to run down Tommy Dreamer and slag off Dreamer, um, slags off Francine, slags off Bueller, uh, slags off anything trying to provoke a reaction. Heyman's there, like saying, leave it, leave it. Dudley's are in the background saying they're going to take the um, titles to Raw and just throw them. And um, 
yeah, eventually Dreamer does get to the ring. It becomes Dreamer versus Dudley Boys for the tag team titles. But again, it's kind of weird because I know they do mention he's got back issues on here. But it's very yeah. much on hardcore TV. He's retired. So, I mean, on hardcore TV, they were putting over the fact that, you know, he's uh, he's a young guy. He's 28. Um, you know, that's all he is. He looks so much older than 28. Uh, he's 28 years old. Um, you know, needs to... Um, uh, two herniated discs that, that might mean that he never gets to wrestle again, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah. And then you get into this where he's, he's just back being the heart and soul of ECW. Yeah. It's just like they mentioned, you know, he's, he's, he's got injury. Now we're near the same kind of calibre as, you know, worries me kind of crying every time because it's over. He's very much a guy who's out there to fight. And Carino, you know, obviously he's got more history of his Eddie boys, but Carino's pretty pushed him just as far. Yeah. So it was kind of weird that this is what... So, um, yeah, anyway, match happens. Pretty much Dudley versus Francine does come out of the ladder to get that involved because that's what you want to give someone with two herniated discs. Yep. Give him a ladder to get thrown into, which he does. Um, match goes on. He reverses the 3D into a DDT, which I thought was quite a nice spot. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll let you take over from here because I think this is your moment. Suddenly, there's this this ripple of excitement through the crowd as someone jumps over the barriers, slides in. It's a familiar face. It's one that we recognise. The, the, the garb, the, the way that the swagger is something that we recognise and we know, but surely not. The DDT is clean and crisp, stands up, pins uh, Devon, throws the belt to Tommy Dreamer. Raven has returned to ECW and is now a tag team partner with his mortal enemy, Tommy Dreamer. Oh, he's now got yeah, face paint. Yeah, he's got face paint. Um, fresh from the Deadpool. Yeah. And he's when he's in the, he just left the um, he was with ITP and Vampiro in Deadpool, which is um, the great underrated. Day. Yeah, it really was underrated stable. And um, yeah, they come out uh, named after the Clint Eastwood film, not the Marvel character. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, no, very cool, massively, um, really good return, massive return. ECW needed this return so much as well. It's it's an amazing one in one out with the Dudleys going, and um, uh, you know Raven stepping back in. It's, it's um, classic. Um, it, it kind of feels like classic Heyman that you very much would have like you know as one sort of feud ended, another feud turned up. Do you know what I mean Raven would disappear, but then Jerry Lawler turns up. It's very much the same sort of thing in reverse to keep the crowd kind of constantly happy. It's just like they guy, they've lost the Dudley boys. Yeah, but now Raven's back and he's an ECW tag team champion. You just, oh shit, what's going to happen with that? So it's just really perfectly timed. I mean, I think Raven only got released like days before. I think it was a really quick sort of, um, sort of spin around. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I mean, the story is that uh, he wasn't very happy um, with his uh, booking um, and how, how Raven was, was being handled by WCW. Uh, and then in 1999, in a backstage meeting, uh, Eric Bischoff basically offered any single WCW, every single superstar in WCW, anyone that was unhappy um, with their position in the company would be allowed to walk out and leave. Uh, and Raven uh, took him up on the offer. Um, the only deal was that you can't go to WWE, uh, which made perfect sense. Um, and um, uh, out he went. Um, he does have a bit of a, a weird kind of view on it. So he does feel that if he'd stayed, um, he would have ended up working on top, which I don't think he's um, completely incorrect with. Um, but he suggests that, you know, WCW had to hire the likes of Vampiro and Jeff Jarrett to fill the spots uh, left by the stars who went for WWE. Um, and he says that they wouldn't have needed Vampiro because they had Raven. However, as we just pointed out, um, they were on the roster at the same time in a team together. So it wasn't kind of one in, one out. Yeah, they were already teaming up, weren't they? So, yeah. I mean, it might have worked out, but it was, didn't it, I guess? Uh, but yeah, so he did turn up. Um, that was the end of the show. Solid episode, I thought, really. Um, yes, I mean, I, uh, and we'll get to it when we're talking about the next episode as well. There's we are very critical of the likes of WWE now when you have the same match over and over and over again. Um, and some of these are exactly the same match just over and over and over again. Um, so yes, it's, it's, um, uh, it's good stuff, but it's the same stuff. There's nothing overly new happening apart from um, Raven debut. Raven coming back in. Review. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was that. Takes you to episode 332 on the 5th of September 1999. Um, the show kicks off with a headline and a freeze frame that basically says Raven returns to EZW. Um, obviously, we spoke briefly off air about this, about you know, why they chose not to really show the footage of death. We don't know if it was uh, because it's TNN's footage or because it was new that they're trying to push people over there as well because, you know, that's, that's probably yeah. a bigger contract and they're desperate to to sort of get some viewers to, you know, keep on the network and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know whether they've got, like, replay shows that they're, you know, if you want to see that, go and watch the, the replay on... Tuesday which, or which whatever. Makes like perfect sense. Makes perfect, perfect sense to sort of try and push people um, over that as the main show because it is the main show now. Because the bigger the audience and everything else, it'd be silly to have it the other way around. Um, so we have that interview with Taz. Um, he calls out Masato Tanaka. Yeah, so it's announced that Masato Tanaka is going to be his next challenger because. Um, uh, all Japan or who, uh, whoever it is that is um, uh, over in Japan have, have the opportunity to name the next challenger for him and that person is Masato Tanaka 
who I'm sure had a exclusive ECW contract before he got injured, but we'll skip over that. Um, so yes, Masato Tanaka is coming back again in a re-re-re-debut. Yeah, another one returning, but again, like we said, um, you know, with everything that's going on, it makes perfect sense to get some of these in because they are lacking stars and sort of legit contenders, in my opinion, right now. They've got a lot of up-and-comers, but you're just feeding them if you rush them too fast. They're not, they don't come across a real threat. So, yeah, and we've talked about kind of the lack of competition for Taz, but there was a line in here where we were talking about, you know, Tanaka and, you know, wanting Tanaka to come in because he can drop him on his head and all the rest of it. And, and Taz said, you know, there's a lot of boys in the back who will go up to Heyman and say, I'm not working with Taz because he's, he, he's too stiff or I'm not working with Taz because he gave me a concussion or I'm not working with Taz because he broke my shoulder. Um, and you've got to think that there's a line in there that's possibly maybe based on reality, which is maybe why he seems to be in these weird feuds. Yeah, I mean, obviously doesn't name names, but you, I suppose you've got to think of It'd be some of the, the top tier ones, wouldn't it? I guess. Yeah. So, so have you got some of the people like you know, some of the the higher ups sitting there, kind of going, "No, thank you." Good news. I'm going to book you for a main event push. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't yeah, get paid makes... if I'm injured, and if I work with him, I'm injured. Uh, no, it makes it makes sort of sense. I mean, obviously, if you sort of look into it that way, it would sort of back up certain things because there's, there's people that you would think would be pushed sort of further up the um, the feud as it were and uh, uh, the problem with Taz all the way through is is you don't know what's shoot and what's work always yeah but so yeah that could be not true he could be uh, it's it's a really weird kind of stunting if that's him kind of you know trying to to show he's bad that you know none of the people in the back want to work with him but yeah yeah no massively um Taz then basically digs out champions in other feds fine worked for Shane Douglas exactly um so he's been in ECW for six years and he's turned down all the offers so, so that far. works out <laughs> so it works out for him um Goes absolutely crazy at some guy in a crowd. I've got no idea what yeah. happened, but he just absolutely butchered some guy, and I thought that was great. Um, all round, I thought it was a pretty decent promo. I thought it was a it was a nice change to start off the show with the champ coming out, cutting a promo. Yep. Rubbing, so it was rather than just a backstage segment or whatever. So I thought that was, still, thought it was pretty decent. My only issue with it still is that Taz seems to be the one chasing competitors rather yep. than chasing him. So, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, and your next opponent is Masato Tanaka. Masato Tanaka, I'm going to find you. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to dump you on your head. I'm going to dump you out. So it just still feels a little yeah. the wrong way around. But, you know, I, this, this one, I'm, I'm a little bit more excited for. It feels a little bit more even than what we've had. But, you know, it's got no build to it. This is views in what two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, no, it feels sort of standard kind of move. Uh, we get highlights of the 
the first match between Dream and Raven. This recurring theme throughout the show, we get sort of classic, classic um, Raven Dreamer moments, take a bit of um, memory lane. Uh, we then got Uganda versus old Tom uh, Marquez. Half decent showing. I mean, I, if I'm honest, I don't mind Uganda. I just don't know where he fits in in ECW. No, he feels like he needs a modernization. It's it's yeah. very much a throwback gimmick. And it's exactly what we've said all the way through. They've obviously got big dreams for him because he's in the opening TNN, here's our stars video. Um, yeah. But he does not feel like an ECW competitor. No. He feels like an Eastern Championship wrestler competitor. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't feel like an extreme no, like you said, he just he just needs a, an evolution. It could just be a mild evolution. It could just be like a fresh kind of mouthpiece, or yeah, put him in jeans, take away the the, the painting on his belly, keep him in the the whatever. Yeah, whatever it be, but um, ring work, yeah, solid enough. Didn't mind the match, but yeah, just um, felt like I said, slightly weird placement. Uh, we then got highlights of Dreamer Paul driving Beulah from the 15th of April, 1995. I miss Beulah. Um, yeah, massive I, part. I mean, you know, she was nowhere near to the the power of a uh, woman with Sandman, no. who was an absolute revelation. Um, she's not quite got... Um, the same level of kind of, you know, sassy beauty, and we all know I love sassy, um, that, that Francine had with Shane Douglas. Um, but she was, she she did some good stuff. I miss you. Yeah, Francine with um, Dreamers, just sort of non avoid Nothing, just, yeah. Just like, like two people who, you know, are, are company legends, if as you were, and they just got nothing really... <laughs> So the weirdness is, so this means that Francine's technically with Raven. Yeah. Which is back to where Francine started when Francine was with Raven and the gang because she was Stephen Richards' girlfriend. Yeah. Turned on them to go with the Pitbulls. It's true, isn't it? Back together again. Yeah, weird. Got the band back together. Um, So we get that, we then get... um... Balls Mahoney versus Axel Rotten. Obviously, they promised this match a long time ago. Now, yes, they did. And then they had a tag match where Axel and New Jack turned heel. Yeah. And beat up Balls and Spike. And now... Yeah, so basically, they're going to have a singles match. Um doesn't take long before New Jack comes out. And, so we still uh, don't get the singles match? No, so New Jack comes out with a spike, not Dudley, but an actual literal spike. And um, yeah, proceeds to then have a freeway dance with everyone, just being a tad crazy. Um, yeah, so Bulls wins and um, Bulls and Axel kind of hold chairs up at each other. But then hug and um, the chair swinging freaks are back together again. Yeah, I don't understand uh, anything that's just happened. All right. After he's found a tag team partner that he's legit won the tag team titles with twice. twice. 
but he's now ditched him without telling him to get back to his partner who's been with for a couple of years and hasn't won anything. Who he had to split up with because they lost the, the step. Yeah, but it was a step that they decided. It wasn't actually a step. Self-enforced step. No, but that just that just makes it like weirder. Yep. So if we don't win, we're splitting up. Oh, you've lost. All right, we're splitting up then. Not only we're going to split up, but we're going to beat each other up. Yeah. Oh, we've but we've done, done that, that now, now, so we can get back together. Yeah, basically. Um, more highlights of feud between Raven and Tommy Dreamer from 95. Highlights of Buda versus Luna from June 95. Luna and Tommy Dreamer, that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing. Highlights from Buda saying that she's pregnant from January the 5th, 1996. Um. Yeah, basically, that was a classic scene when it Raven sort of jumped on Stevie. It turns out it was Tommy's, which was great. Except um, she wasn't pregnant. It was all a lie. And she yeah. was actually sleeping with Kimona. And Dream was That was all right, and... because then Dreamer slept with both of them. <laughs> um, highlights of Dreamer finally beaten Raven on June the 7th, 1997. I feel like a Dreamer should release it as a T-shirt. I beat Raven. Um, well, just just say June seventh, nineteen ninety seven. I was saying. So there is. So uh, there's a, a great Raven promo coming up at the next pay per view, um, which is one of my favourites. So I I skipped ahead and I watched the promo. I watched the the promo. Yeah. Um, and it was it was listening to that promo again that I kind of picked up. I think I knew this, but listening to it. Um, having watched this now and, and, and been through the journey of their feud for whatever else, and uh, it's like you know, for 18 months, blah blah blah. blah um, uh, and he said, Until finally, I gave you your win. And it's just this beautiful kind of retelling after, after what we've had of you know, however many years now, two years of how, how Tommy Dreamer won the feud because he pinned him once. Um, for Raven to come back and, and just on his first promo, kind of like you know. And finally, I gave you your win. Yeah, I just loved it. It's just um, I can't wait. Like I said, I'm, I'm. I think I'm more excited for this Raven run because we really didn't get any kind of ECW TV at this point. No, like, we were think... we were reading about it on the internet. Sushi X Show Your Pride, um, but. You know, this was a thing. He he suddenly disappeared. We 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 got Nitro, we got Raw. I don't and, know whether uh, they were head to head at this point. They may have been. Because I think we did get ECW back, but I think it was still hardcore TV. Yeah, I don't think we ever got any TNA because I don't remember any of the dusty stuff apart from obviously pay per views no. and obviously Raven stuff. Sandman coming back. It's all very much like I'm aware of all of it, but I don't actually remember. We didn't get to see any of it. No, which is going to be really see... interesting watching hardcore TV going on and hopping over it. We might end up finding ourselves watching more ECW on TNN than we do hardcore TV at some point, but we'll find out. Well, yeah, or at least more excited for TNN or whatever, but. Um... Yes, that's interesting. So, obviously, we get more highlights. Um, evening promo from Steve Carino, who's standing next to Tajiri. Carino just absolutely rips apart um, Tajiri. Very close to the mark, especially with today's standards. 
I mean, it's not close to the mark. It's, it, you know, and, and it's 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 out and out a heel promo, and you've got Joey Styles pulling him up on the stupidity of what he's saying. Yeah, you know, I don't like Chinese food. I don't like how much MSG you put in it because it means that I'm still hungry. Blah blah blah. And he's sitting there going, Tajiri's Japanese. He's not Chinese. And I don't like how much starch you put in my that. Well, I mean, not only is that offensive, but again, Tajiri is Japanese. And I don't that no, that's not that's not a Japanese stereotype. Sajiri is Japanese. So, you know, the fact that, that Steve Carino is being made is being called out on how much of a stupid bigot he is in this yeah. makes perfect sense. The bit for me that goes over the line is how much this is cheering getting cheered by the audience. This feels, it's meant to be, spoilers, a bait-and-switch babyface turn for Tajiri. Yeah. Looks like he's going to turn face. Turns out he doesn't. The way the crowd were reacting, you would think Carino was turning face. Because everything he's saying about, you know, these stereotypes and all the rest of it, is getting cheered by an audience who I really would love to believe are are sarcastically cheering because they get that it's wrong. However, realistically, I just don't think that's the case. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, no, it's... Um, Problematic. Yeah, I think we've got more of it to come, to be honest. But going going back to yeah, but going back to your point, you know, this is uh, Tajiri, you know, nodding his way through and blah 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 blah, um, and you know, it's it's all very, um, you know, the, obviously he doesn't understand what's being said to him, uh, and then uh, Greeno slaps him, which is when he realizes that this isn't good stuff. Um, but it's okay because as much as Carino and and Rhino are squaring up. Uh, help comes in the shape of Super Crazy. Help does come in the shape of Super Crazy. Super Crazy runs out. Um, they all proceed to then turn on Crazy. And I guess it was a trap. Yeah. For Apparently it was a trap. Multiple times. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't tell you why. See, my thing is, it would have been a trap, in my opinion, if Taz did his usual, I've defeated you, now I've got your back for two weeks thing that he's done loads. It's so if Taz had come out to, you know, I, I respect the jury, brother, and came out to help the jury, and then everyone turned on him to attack Taz, and Taz got beat down by the whole crew. That, I think, would have made sense. Super crazy? Not the guy for it because he literally beat him a week ago. So what are you doing? Yeah, and and there is no reason given as to why Super Crazy is suddenly out making the save. Yeah, hundred percent. Except he suddenly is, um, um, and then and then you know gets killed, and then you know Carino kind of finishes with. Uh, well, finishes. Uh, they bury him in the Japanese flag, and Carino points out that all the greatest wrestlers come from Japan, and all the worst wrestlers come from Mexico. 
Um, and then he gets up and they have a match. They have a match. Um, yeah. Like I've said multiple times, these guys don't disappoint. Always a great match, even though we have seen it a few times at this point. Um, crazy power bomb at the end for the victory. Yeah, trading from the, the victory that, that Tajiri picked up last week. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like we said, it made sense last week. And I suppose it's not as big a deal now because Tajiri, I guess, is clearly out of the title picture. So that's fair. And you've already um, made him look like a chump, so he's got to get his seat back. Yeah, so crazy with a, a ridiculously strong powerbomb. Uh, picks up the win here. And that is the end of the show. Um Obviously, before we get to your match of the week, just a quick bit on um, what you think the Dudley boys' legacy in ECW at this point, how important you think they were and how much you think they'll be missed and everything. Because it is, it is, I personally feel um, this is up there as one of the biggest losses. Yeah, um, so there's 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 two things. There's one bit where now that this is done, if we reflect on the Dudleys yeah. in ECW, uh, so not just Bubba and Devon, but all the way back to Dudley Dudley and Snot Dudley and Dances With and, um, you know, all of the others. I was going to see how many I could remember there. Um, from what was a very bizarre little gimmick, um, you know, a slap shot, um, uh, parody kind of gimmick. Um, it grew and became something absolutely insane. And Bubba Ray as well, you know, probably the biggest growth of any of the Dudleys from, you know, the dancing, stuttering dummy to just a, a, a lightning rod for heel heat um, uh, that he was at the end. Um, you know, I think I think they really were the best tag team ever to come out of ECW. Um, I think that, you know, the Eliminators would be up there in the conversation. Um, I, I personally wouldn't put Public Enemy because I wasn't a fan of what they did. Um, but you know, I, I think the the Dudleys are are a step above all of the rest of them. The fact that they go on to have such success elsewhere as tag wrestlers as well uh, kind of speaks volumes of it. Um, but they are an absolute um, epitome of I think what ECW was, um, and uh, yeah, just just you know an incredible team that came out of ECW. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think well said. I think they're just um, absolutely um, amazing. I really do. A comedy sort of gimmick. Um, they, they brought in characters. Devon, obviously, joining was a massive game changer. And, um, yeah, huge, huge sort of... Um, like you said, the biggest tag team in, in ECW. I mean, obviously, there's other great tag teams like Eliminators and all that, but I think overall, Dudley's, you can't argue they're the, um, the best and it's going to be interesting with the tag division as a whole um, where it goes from here because um, no matter what happens, you always have the Dudley's to fall back on. 
the one thing that I will say I did find surprising uh, going back and, and you know reliving the revolution um, was how meaningless their title runs were in themselves. So you know most decorated tag team um, in ECW history. Um, Impact Wrestling, I'm just reading Impact Wrestling. So uh, WD recognized them as the most decorated tag team in company history, 18 world tag title reigns. Impact Wrestling recognized them as 23-time world tag champions. Um, So, you know, everywhere, everywhere. But they really did hot potato those championship belts. They were up and down and in and out and all around of it. They they really were not, um, you know, they, they they didn't hold on to those belts at all, and no, that surprised me. There wasn't a real sort of cutthroat reign, was there, where they were just no one could beat them, like a Shane Douglas reign, I guess. Yeah, or a, a Sabu and RVD reign, or yeah. you know, nothing like that. There was no, you know, they are the the dominant champions reign. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. That's fair. But I mean, again, I don't know if it's because they were parallel with people like Shane Douglas doing the same thing. So you can have the, I don't know. But um, yeah, great, all the same. Really is. I mean, I think Uh, I worked out that their reign on something was like 80 days or something between the eight runs or 40 days between the eight runs. Never come close to the Super Destroyers. Oh, they had one reign that was 92 days. Um, 37 days before then. There was 125 Sabu and RVD run in between. So, let's see. So, their first reign... Um, was... March 15th, 1997, it looks like. Uh, Beat the Eliminators, held for 29 days. Uh, Then they lost it to the Eliminators, won it again from the Eliminators, 29 days. Lost it to the Gangsters, won it back from the Gangsters, 34 days. Lost it to the Gangsternators. God damn. Waited forever, got it back from the Dudleys. So they lost it in September 20th, 1997. Over a year before they get it back, October 24th, 1998. Eight days. Lost it to Bulls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka. Won it back five days later, 37 days. Then lost it to RVD and Sabu, who held it for 125 days. They won it back in 1999, 92 days. Lost it to Spike and Bulls, who held it for 26 days. Dudley Boys won it, held it for a day. Spike and Dudley won it, held it for 12 days. Dudley Boys won it, held it for less than a day. Dreamer and Raven won it. So the longest run was 37 days? 37 days. Yeah. I said Public it's, Enemy uh... Uh, Public Enemy's run in 1994. Was uh, 174 days. Yeah, uh, Eliminators held it for 182. Gangsters 139. Chris Candido and Lance Storm held it for 203. And most of that time, they didn't even like each other. 
119 for RVD and Sabu, 125 for RVD and Sabu. Um, Dreamer and Raven uh, will hold it for 136 days. That's crazy. That's some interesting um, sort of numbers there. But yeah, nice. Flippy floppy. They, yeah. um, they definitely made up with it all. And superb. Um, 230 your... combined days. Jesus. What's your match of the week? Um, so again, you know, some of this is quite difficult because it's a reheat of all the ones that we've seen at various other points. However, uh, I am going to say purely for what it is and purely because I am back on being a Raven fanboy, uh, the match of the week for me was the Dudley Boys versus Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Great shout. I don't think it could really be anything else. I think for what it meant and what it did and everything else, I think, um, yeah, perfect. Um, we will be back next week for more Extreme Rewind as we relive the revolution. Good Lord, that was hard work. Um, <laughs> yeah, follow us on social media at underscore Sports Arena on Twitter or Instagram where we talk all things extreme. We want to be tagged in your posts. If you're talking about ECW, get us involved because we love the chitter-chatter about all things extreme. Um, yeah, we're back next week. I think that just leaves um, one thing to say. It does, which is weird because this might be the first time in quite a while he's not been in any of the shows. All the Impact players as well, I was going to mention. No, that. that's but, true. Yeah. But just like RVD, that was the whole fucking show. Daddy! <laughs>